4,000 miles, 210 days, two feet and one cause. We've got a special episode for you guys. Roll the intro. You're listening to The Discomfort Podcast. Welcome to The Discomfort Podcast. I'm Jay. And I'm Connor. And welcome to this amazing special show. We have one of the biggest guests we've had on the show so far. Our guest this week is Eric Keeler, and he is a guy who is running for a very special cause. And we're going to be speaking to him about his quest on going corner to corner of the USA. So let's jump straight into it. So, uh, Eric, are you there? I am. Good morning. Welcome, Eric. How are you all? Good, good, good. Good. How are you? I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm having a, a resting three days for uh, July the 4th. So I'm nice and relaxed. So where are you right now? I'm in Chicago at the moment. And you started, where did you start your journey? Uh, it's in a tiny little town called Lubeck. Uh, so if you follow the coastline from Boston, uh, all, all the way up until it turns into Canada, that is that was day one. That is insane. So let's track back real quick because we've got time on our hands. How did you get this idea of going corners a corner? How did this all start? Um, I think, it, well, I still remember when I was a kid, like six or seven years old, there was a guy on the TV getting interviewed who was running across America. And I remember thinking, yeah, if you ever go and have like, you know, six months without school or work, that would be the way to see a country. You know, get to see all the places, the tiny places that you never normally see and meet the people you'd never normally meet. And I never thought I'd actually do it. I just thought it'd be an awesome thing to do. Uh, and then after I started running and doing some marathons for charity, I thought, you know, why not? Why can't I at least give it a go? And here I am. It reminds me of Forrest Gump. I, I definitely don't hear that enough. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I saw your picture and I saw the beard. I'm like, that's absolutely yeah. Forrest Gump. I should have rolled the <laughs> intro. I should have rolled the intro. We've got the uh, 2018 Forrest Gump here. Oh, yeah, that's that's who you are, right? <laughs> and my question is: so you decided to do this in America. How familiar? And you're from the UK, so yeah. how familiar are you with America before you even started this journey? Uh, I know Trump is president. There are some states uh, and people like McDonald's. That's about all my familiarity with America. <laughs> so this is really a way to get to know the country from scratch. It really is. Yeah, it's pretty much my knowledge as well. It's <laughs> pretty much the same. Uh-oh, that worries me. Seriously, that worries me. <laughs> we yeah. are more than President Trump and McDonald's, I hope. <laughs> I hope you've learned that, Eric. I, I, I've definitely learned that now. No, I mean, I, I came over when I was 14 or 15. I came over for a week or two uh, to visit some friends in Denver. Um, but I was here for like two weeks, and I think I was a bit too young to fully appreciate the country. Whereas now, it's you know, I'm, I'm 30 and... I've taken everything in now. Wow. Awesome. So are you doing this alone? Yes. All by my lonesome. All on your own. Like even carrying in, carrying your baggage and your luggage. Yeah, well, I've got um, a baby stroller or a push chair, as we call it in England. Ah. And it's like a special one for running. And I just chuck all my camping gear, my running stuff, food and water, all goes in there. And then that I just push, awesome. that, push that in front of me. Wow, that's incredible. And where do you sleep? Um, well, I've got my camping stuff. If I, if there's nowhere really to stay, then, you know, it'll just be a bit of grass on the side of the road. Pop my tent up, hide behind a tree or in a park. Um, so that, that, that's the main place. But I've had so many people who've just pulled over at the side of the road and we got talking. And then they've said, oh, you know what, we've got like a spare bedroom or you know, we've got a sofa free and you know, they'll pick me up at the end of the day and feed me, give me a place to stay, and then drop me off again the next morning. Um, that is super lucky. So That's you incredible. I mean, I bet it's so nice to finally get a shower when you get to. Yeah, when that happens, it's, it's, it's perfect. Because, you know, you don't have to worry about anything. And I thought this has happened more times than I've actually had to camp. It's great. So it's 210 days. Is that an estimate? It's a very rough estimate. Yeah. It's a very rough. Uh, and how do you, how does your family and your friends feel about you going lonesome for two hundred and ten days in the US? <laughs> um, my family, when I first kind of gave them the idea, I think they kind of thought it was just like, oh, it's just Eric's got a stupid idea again. You know, it'll 
it, it'll, you know, they've grown out the idea in a, in a few months. But when it kind of got to about a year to go and I was like seriously putting all the, you know, applying for my visa and booking my flights, I think they were like, oh, you know, what? he's actually, he's this one he's going through with. And ever since then, my family's been supportive and, you know, fully into it. And, you know, it's been great. That's amazing. What type of visa do you need to have to do something like this? I mean, I can't imagine it's not a student visa, not a work visa. It's uh, it's a travel visa. So that if anyone knows it, it's the, the B1, B2 US visa. Um, which, and they let you stay for that long? No, this is the only problem. Um, it's basically you have the visa for 10 months uh, and you can stay in six month, six month blocks. Um, so yeah, my run's going to take eight or nine months, which means when I get to Denver, I have to fly back to the UK for two, three weeks, fly back to the US to reset my visa for another six months. Interesting. Insane, okay. interesting. Yeah, which is a pain in the ass. <laughs> it's not like a pain in the ass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you end up having to spend, you know, eight, 900 bucks just to, just to reset your visa again. So let's jump uh, onto the main reason you're doing this run, which is the cause, which is uh, yes. spinal research, I believe. Yeah, that's made right. you choose spinal research over the hundreds of thousand charities that exist already? Well, this is kind of like a, a, a long story. <laughs> yeah, uh, you have to... that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, what, basically, when I, I left, left school, I went and worked for a tour, tour operator, a holiday company in Greece, um, at the age of 18, which was great. You know, you, you work and you go drinking every day. And then in the winter, they'll send you to Austria or a ski resort and you do the same thing again and over the space of about four years uh, the drinking got more and more and more um, until the point it was my 22nd birthday and I woke up and I had to go into hospital because I was just throwing up blood uh, for all of the morning um, so yeah 22nd birthday I was in hospital for 10 days and it turned out I'd torn the inside of my stomach uh, so the stomach lining had torn in three places. Uh, um, That's rough. So, yeah. So when I left left the hospital after ten days, you know, I was like, right, I'm going to cut back on the drinking because the doctor said, if you carry on how you are, you won't make it to 26. And this is like four years down the road. So I was like, right, I need to make a serious life change. So I moved back to the UK, and my friend made a bet with me. He's like, right, if you really want to make a change in your life, go and run a marathon. You know, do the whole training and, and integrate with all the people and he said that's what he did and it changed his life so I said yeah right I'll do that I'm not fully intending on doing a marathon because that's just crazy <laughs> uh, so yeah I, I got to about two months before the, the bet was over and I was like oh no the guy still remembers <laughs> I'm going to have to run a marathon so I'm desperately looking through the newspaper for charity places um, and spinal research just popped out at me. Um, and at the time, it was just like, yeah, I'll just do the marathon for them, raise a bit of money, and it'll be done. But the more I've done for the charity, and the more I learn about what they do, it's, they're, they're amazing. They're actually getting places with the research, and it just pushes me to want to do more and more and raise more money for them. Uh, yeah, so that's the long story. <laughs> yeah, that's incredible. How much have you raised so far? Um, since I started raising money, yeah, uh, I think I'm on about uh, let's see, uh, about fifteen thousand euros. That's incredible. That's, That's insane. Since I started four years, five years ago, um, I think that's what the total is. So I can relate in this course because with my music and that, I'm a massive advocate for ocean cleanup, and I work closely with WWF. So yeah. I can re I can really relate when you say that when working with a charity, you really see deep into what they do. Yes, yeah. So I can completely relate with that. So yeah. And when you end up doing one thing for them and you actually look into, you know, where the money goes and what's coming out of it, a lot of the charities, you know, they don't really get anywhere. Or it doesn't seem like they're getting anywhere. And they have they're pumping all this money into it and it's the research is standing still. Um which is why I love spinal research because they're getting places and the research is working and, you know, they're getting paralyzed dogs uh, moving again and bladder control back in people. And it's, it's just very exciting. 
is this a worldwide charity or is it a UK-based charity? It's based, it's based in the UK, but they fund research all over the world. That's brilliant. And yeah. just for the listeners, where can they donate? Uh, on my website, uh, there's links to donate to um, to Spinal Research through the run or you know, directly to Spinal Research. Uh, it's got all the links from my website, which is uh, www.corner-to-corner.run. Yes, corner to corner dot run. We'll have the links in the podcast description. Yes, yeah, the website's got everything Definitely. you need to know about the run, everything about the charity. It's got links to everywhere, so that's that's the best place. Awesome. So let's jump onto a lighter note now, because right. obviously running through the US must be incredible. You must have seen some things during your time running. So yes. my question to you is: What's the most incredible things you've seen so far? Yeah, we want to hear some stories. Ah, okay. story time. Uh, story time. <laughs> More stories. Um, <laughs> I think I think the most inc- well, the thing that I wasn't expecting the most was the generosity of the people here, because um, everyone's been amazing. Everyone I talk to, whether they're in a gas station, they want to buy me a bottle of water, or you know, they'll drive past me and give me twenty bucks for lunch. Uh, that's something I was not expecting. That's probably the most amazing thing that I've seen. You know, he's, you know he's been in the US too long when he calls it a gas station. <laughs> Wait, there's another word for it? <laughs> well, usually Australians and UK people call it petrol station. Yeah, yeah. Oh, really? I didn't even know that. <laughs> he's so used to the lingo now. He's just... <laughs> the the, the spend... first two, three weeks, I was struggling to kind of like turn the words around, but now like sidewalk and gas station, uh, <laughs> all the words, they're kind of just like rolling off now. <laughs> Right now, you're in a city which is so different than most of the U.S. For the listeners who aren't from here, is just farm country. So what is the difference right now? You must be in culture shock um, finally being in an urban area. Yes. Well, this is the biggest city I've been in so far. Uh, And it's just insane. Like We went to uh, a friend I'm staying with. He took me to a baseball game today. And it's taken us two hours to get from the center of the city to the suburbs where he lives just because the traffic's insane and there's people everywhere. Uh, yet the rest of the run has been through like three days of cornfields with one gas station. <laughs> <laughs> so g- going from that to this is it's a huge, huge difference. So when you're running, do you stick to the roads or do you sometimes go off trail? Uh, it depends. I th- there's a lot of uh, rail trails over here. So like where there used to be a railway and they've turned it into a cycle path. Uh, there was a beautiful one through uh, upstate New York, uh, which went for about 300 miles right up to Niagara Falls. Uh, so I just took that. It went along the canal way. And there was no traffic. There's no cars. There's that very sounds beautiful. People. It was, yeah. It took two weeks, just over two weeks of just no cars. It was amazing. <laughs> wow. Did you see the falls? I did, yes. Yeah, I, um, I had two days off up in Buffalo and then took the bus up to Niagara Falls and I uh, did all the touristy stuff over there. Oh, good. Oh, good. Yeah, I've been there. It's beautiful. It, it really is, yeah. Incredible. So um, when I was digging around on your website uh, during the week, um, I, I noticed on your FAQ there was a question saying, will you walk at all? I want to mm. extend on that question. Do you stop at all? Like, do you, do you stop to take in something you've seen or do you stop to take photos? Or Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's one of the big parts of this is uh, experiencing what's around you uh, and I kind of realized that in the first two days when I was up in Maine that those first two days I ran pretty much non-stop because uh, I had in my head right I need to be here and it's all very scheduled and I realized that if I'm running every single step I'm missing out on so much you know if I don't stop and talk to people along the way or have a sit down and have a sandwich overlooking something if I don't take in those sites then on a personal level outside of the charity, why am I doing it? <laughs> right. So, so for me, as long as I make the whole thing on foot is the main, main challenge. Uh, I obviously want to run as much as I physically possibly can, but I'm not going to sacrifice missing something amazing just to say that I ran an extra mile. So yeah, what's, no, the, uh, what's the most amazing thing you've had to stop for so far? Ooh. That's a tough one. Because it's been, a, it's a lot of like random things where, uh, like a chicken farm, <laughs> which you don't expect. Uh, when you 
running past just vineyards for two days and then you come across a chicken farm with like a hundred thousand chickens outside it becomes the most amazing thing you've seen are the chickens just outside grazing they have a lot of space yeah yeah really it's like the field is full of chickens and they've got like random little sheds for them to go in that's quite uncommon in the united states oh really yeah so in the united states uh most of the chickens are actually bred inside Mm-hmm. Um, okay. A full ninety-nine percent. I actually just watched a movie about it last week. Um, but ninety-nine percent, they never see the light of day. So that's you saw oh, something geez. special. Yeah, you, a lot of the old-style farms, um, they you know they live outdoors, of course. But that's just one percent of the total ones in the United States. So you saw something special. Yeah. That, well, that that was like up in Maine within the first week. So. Um, yeah. Yes, yeah, that's crazy. How many chickens that <laughs> you just never go outside. I know. I, I think it's crazy. A little off topic, but um, but yeah. just so you know, you did see something special. Oh, excellent. See, the li- little things like a chicken farm that you never thought are special are special. It's incredible. Yeah. But the, 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 the Amish uh, community as well is one thing that has been pretty, pretty amazing. Because obviously over in Europe, we don't have Amish people. No. Were you, uh, I bet you were running through Pennsylvania at that point, Lancaster? Uh, I was in northern Pennsylvania, so I only did... Yeah. Uh, Erie, uh, but oh, okay. the bit where I saw them was Indiana, northern Indiana. About a week. oh yeah, there's a community over there too, definitely. Yeah, yeah there's uh, it's like the largest community in Indiana. It's about fifty miles of just Amish farms, and it's crazy. You see more people in the, in the horses and carts than you do in cars and trucks. Oh, definitely. Yeah, it, yeah. it's such an it's interesting surreal. life that they live. Yeah, it's, it's, it's surreal. So that it's just the little things that you see that become these great memories you know when you talk to the people in the Amish community in the evening and they invite you in for dinner and you know you get chatting about who they are and what they do and and vice versa it's yeah it's this amazing little journey so I have another question it's actually about food one of the ways that I experience the world and I think one of the ways that many other people experience the world is through eating and through sharing meals with each other. And I can imagine that could be quite difficult being on the road for so long, especially running through so many remote areas. So I'm wondering, how does that work? Uh, well, to be honest, you can eat pretty much anything when you're moving for so many miles every day. Uh, but a lot of my food tends to come from gas stations because at the moment there's gas stations everywhere. Um, so I just pick up energy bars and then i'll pop into a diner in the evening and grab some food but going back to uh the people who pick me up at the side of the road and give me a place to stay they'll always just be like right now we're cooking um you know i'll sit down with the family and have a family meal as like a (laughs) an honorary family member kind of Uh, that's beautiful yeah it's it's amazing yeah there was uh, a couple up in maine who who took me in for three days they were like, we'll just pick you up and drop you off wherever you need to be. Uh, you know, we'll feed you, do all your washing, <laughs> which was amazing. And because it was my birthday a few days later, they went out and bought lobsters for my birthday. Oh, wow. Like fresh Maine lobster. Uh, and we all had lobster with the family. They made a birthday cake for me. Uh, got me a present. <laughs> like things that I didn't expect. And it was it was amazing. So when you're in these petrol stations, is it hard to avoid the fatty foods? Like, is it hard to avoid things like uh, chips and chocolate? Yeah, it is pretty hard to avoid um, because you tend to just don't get it anyway. <laughs> I mean, my, my diet has always been terrible, even before I did this. Um, so my body is kind of used to just chocolate and cake and stuff that you shouldn't eat. Uh, but when you, I mean, I'm burning five, six thousand calories a day, so it doesn't matter as much as long as I get like the nutrient side of things. Um, but my body seems to be holding up fine with just the gas station stuff at the moment. Yeah, I was going to say because you probably need so much energy for the amount that you're burning. Yeah, well, I've dropped down uh, just under thirty pounds at the moment, uh, which wow. in, which in real world weight is about fifteen kilos. That is... Wait, wait, you call that real world weight? <laughs> yes. <yeah. laughs> Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> You're an American yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> it took me a long time to work out pounds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so extending on, uh, extending on that answer, did you have to visit 
doctors at all before you before your run to be measured or do you see a doctor maybe monthly when you do this i i saw a doctor before i came over just to make sure i was you know not not dying of anything um but apart from that i'll see one when i get back to make sure i'm not broken in any way and that's about it so it's an incredible feat like running four thousand miles in that short space of time that's pretty harsh on the human body yeah yeah well i mean i have my i have my travel insurance um which covers me you know in case something happens but at the moment the body's holding up fine you know apart from the usual aches and pains it's somehow <laughs> the that's up. great yeah how many miles is it every day i aim for a minimum of 20 um so that's almost a marathon yeah marathon if i can get 20, if i can get 25 in a day it's a good day some days i do 30 35 uh but it's always a minimum of 20 depending on where i'm going to stop for the day Okay, so I know the London Marathon is 25, 26, I believe. Well, 26.2 is a, ma- is a marathon. So he's just under a marathon. So he, basically, he's doing 210 marathons in the space of this run. That's Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yeah so I don't think I'm sure I'll... after this, you can do like, any marathon, any Ironman, anything that you want. <laughs> I, I'd like to think so, yeah. It'd be, it'd be nice. See, I get the ump just running down to the shops and it's like five minutes down the road. You're running 210 days nonstop. You see, the, the ironic thing is I don't actually like running. Um, I, I just like doing things that I either can't do very well or I physically shouldn't be able to do, which is kind of, kind of why I'm carrying on with running. Have you grown a love for it at all, though, since you've been doing it quite a while now? Is part of you enjoying it now or do you still... The, 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 well, it's kind of a love-hate thing for me. Uh, I, I love doing races. I love the atmosphere and the energy from the people that you meet at the races and the big shiny medals at the end. That's what I love, but I hate the physical side of it. You know, it's, it's hurts, it's painful, you hurt for days afterwards. Um, but then again, you get to meet some incredible people out of it the mental side of it probably does land heavy on this journey and like waking waking up in the morning have you woken up sometimes being like oh no i can't be bothered with this what have i got into yeah there was there was uh, a few days in like the last week uh i'd done uh up to chicago i did 22 days on the road without a day off um and towards the end, the last few days, I was waking up in my tent at three o'clock in the morning because the heat was insane. And I was just like, oh, I really don't want to do another day, you know, another marathon on the road. But uh, you kind of have to move out of it, especially when you know there's a huge heat wave coming. Um, yeah, there's a heat wave right now. I'm in Boston and we, it's over 100 degrees right here. Yeah, it's, it's been about 100, uh, give or take on either side here, which For in our- real world... In real well, world, that's Fahrenheit. <laughs> They're speaking in Fahrenheit. Real... Don't panic. <laughs> yeah, real world temperature. It's no, uh, not real world. <laughs> it's close to forty degrees centigrade. It's still insanely hot. It's reaching Middle East heat. Yeah, it's, it's Dubai heat, and yeah. So you know, you try and get out on the road by four o'clock. You know, put all your lights and your reflective gear on. Yeah, uh, and hit the road by four o'clock because by the time it gets to nine. 9 a.m., 10 a.m., it's already starting to get pretty bad. Yeah. So what's your typical day look like? So you usually start that early? Uh, it depends on the weather. Um, if it's a nice day, you know, it's in the, in the 20s or in Fahrenheit in the, in the 70s, where it's quite nice, you've got breeze, it's nice and warm, then you can just get up at 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, set out for the day. Uh, but now that it's starting to get into the proper summer months and it's getting hot, it's tending to be like a, a four o'clock, five o'clock start in the morning. Um, Do you want to talk us through one of your days so far? Like, have you had a favorite day so far? Or like, uh, how, how is a general wake up and run for the people general, who are listening? General wake up, especially when I'm camping, um, tends to be set the alarm for about 6am. Uh, and then it'll take me a good 20 20 30 minutes to kind of move around and start packing all my things away uh and then by seven o'clock i'll be setting off uh 
I'll find a, a gas station to, to do my business, go to the toilet and freshen up in the morning, uh, grab, grab some cliff bars or some energy bars, and then that's it. I'm on my way. Uh, I tend to not stop for lunch because I feel that once I stop, it's, you know, you kind of have to get back into it all again. Uh, so I try and try and stick with it and not stop until I'm really, really getting tired. Uh, and then by three, four o'clock, I'll start looking for places to camp, you know, whether it's a, a park in a town, uh, I can hide behind some trees or if there's a field with a, a little, um, what's the word, like a little nook that you can hide behind uh, and then set up for the evening, watch some YouTube and get to sleep again. That's great. And then how do you do that? How do you charge your phone with YouTube? Um, I've got uh, like an external battery. I've got a few of those. Uh, and I also have a solar panel. So when, oh, okay. I get, when, I get, when I get to stay at people's houses, I'll just plug into the walls or gas stations. I'll plug in for a bit. Uh, but when I start to run low, then I just plug the solar panel on, put it on top of my stroller. And as I run, it kind of charges up. That works. That's that's impressive. It's really yeah, good. Yeah, so has anyone given you any trouble, um, like you know, camping out and um, anything like that? Not yet, surprisingly. I thought I'd have some problems, especially in like public parks. Uh, but you know, if if you wait until kind of the the sports groups and the kids have finished their soccer practice and and whatnot, uh, and then once all the families have gone off about eight nine o'clock, you can just head deep into the park and and put your tent up so the sponsors yeah first question who's your favorite sponsor so far oh (laughs) that's a that's a tricky one (laughs) um i i don't really have a favorite but probably the first sponsor was the biggest for me um and it was uh, a company called out and about and they make the baby running push chairs uh strollers and uh, I sent them an email, and within an hour, they got back to me saying, yep, yeah, you know, we'll give you whatever you need. We'll send you some extra wheels and tires and inner tubes. Um, and, you know, within no time at all, there was a, <laughs> a box in my parents' house waiting for me. That's uh, great. That's awesome. And that was, it was literally the first company that I emailed. Uh, and they were like, yeah, we'll give you whatever you need. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so for the people listening who don't, they may not have an idea of how sponsors work in such charitable cases like this journey. Do you want to describe how your ones work with you just in general? Yeah. Uh, all of my sponsors have been uh, like giving products as opposed to making donations to help keep the run going. Um, so like, for example, the, the guys who gave me the stroller, uh, they, they're going to have the stroller on pictures on the website, in newspapers, uh, on TV when I do interviews. Uh, and that's mainly where I can offer something back to them as a, as a thank you. is through social media and television spots where their product will be there. Uh, so, and then, then I have on the outside of it, I have all the logos of all the sponsors on. So even as I'm running along the side of the road, it's, you know, their, their logos are there. So when you contact them, is it kind of a cross your fingers and hope they say yes kind of thing? Or is it? Pretty, yes. Yeah. Uh, most of them, altogether, I think I sent almost 4,000 emails to different people. There's a lot of emails. That's a lot. That's a lot of work, honestly. Yes. And I got seven sponsors, eight sponsors out of it. That's still impressive. Well, eight, eight out of uh, 4,000. <laughs> I mean, it's hard. It's hard to land somebody. Yeah, it, so. it is. I mean, it's a very hard thing to do. Um, you know, 50% of the emails, you don't even get reply back from the company. Right. Um, a lot of them will be, you know, they have their own sponsorship programs for big athletes and that's it, which again is fine. Um, but yeah, a lot of people, they, they surprisingly say, oh, it's not big enough for us to get involved with. Uh, you know, if you were running around the world, we'd be happy to give you, you know, X amount of shoes. Uh, but yeah, a lot of companies said, oh, it's, it's, it's not quite a big enough project. So, right. And you were saying that they're, they're giving you free stuff, which is amazing, but I guess they yes. aren't sponsoring you. So I'm wondering, 
Are you relying on your savings to pay for this? Um, I am, yes. Yeah, I've been saving for the last three and a half years. Okay, wow. As so that's, yeah. Yeah, well, that's, uh, that's commitment. That's, that is serious commitment. Yeah, so that, um, you know, I've had to pay for the flights, visas, um, you know, transport, new, new running gear, my running shoes along the way, and then obviously money to keep me going while I'm here, you know, food and, and water and whatnot, and just general living expenses. So it could add up. It definitely could add up. Yeah, it adds up more than I thought it would. <laughs> I've got some of the names of the sponsors in front of me right now, and some of them are yeah. very big names. Like you have the big uh, UK brand that sells glasses, spec savers. You've also yes. got Fitbit, yep. and you've also got another big company, Bioskin. So yeah. these are pretty big names to have on the list. Yeah. Well, Fitbit, surprisingly, they were the ones who got in touch with me. Um, one of their marketing people had heard about the run and I just woke up, woke up to an email one day saying, oh, you know, I've got a friend at Fitbit who wants to send you some watches. I was like, um, uh, okay, <laughs> I'll take that. Wow. Are you still accepting sponsors? Oh, of course. You know, I'll, I'll accept whatever help I can get in whatever form I can get it. Uh, you know, there's still another five, five months left of the run. So if anyone runs a big company and wants to sponsor Eric, <laughs> go oh, on sure. to the site. <laughs> for sure, yeah. Uh, monetary donations or even equipment is is always going to be uh, appreciated. And of course, money for your cause as well. Uh, yes, and that's an even bigger side of it, um, is, is donating towards spinal research. So I'm still quite a way off from my target. What is your target? Uh, my first target's ten thousand uh, pounds um, from this this run, uh, and I'm on about six thousand at the moment. Five thousand. You'll get there. You'll get there. I believe yeah. you. Will. I mean, the ultimate goal is fifty thousand. If I can get fifty thousand, I will be over the moon. But we have to see what happens. Take everything a day by day. Okay, let's jump on to the uh, liner note. How did you come across Yes Theory? Because you're Big, avid member of the Yes Fam, and I see you post your journey a lot in the Facebook chat. So how yes. did you come across Yes, uh, yes for Um, It was a long time ago. It must have been two, oh, I guess it must have been about two and a bit years ago. I was, uh, I was just going through YouTube on a, a random video uh, kind of evening, and it popped up for this news interview uh, in Canada that they, the guys did. And uh, I just clicked on it and started watching, and that yeah, I just <laughs> ended up googling the rest of Yes Theory. And I think they just launched the YouTube side of it. I think they'd been on uh, Snapchat before. Uh, right. You know, so you yeah. really you live by the Yes Theory. Oh, I love it. It's you know what what what's the point in doing the same thing every day and and not pushing yourself to do something new? It kind of where's you need the excitement in life of these new experiences. Yeah, of course. Have you always lived by the yes theory? Uh, more and more as I get older. Um, when I was younger, uh, like 18, and I was drinking all the time, it was a, a lot easier just to say yes to everything, <laughs> no matter what you wanted to do. Um, but then after the whole accident with the stomach exploding, uh, I kind of lost the lost the energy to say yes to all this stuff. Um, but in the last few years, especially with planning, planning this journey, I've started opening up again and just saying yes to as much as I possibly can and pushing myself out there to, to try new things. Um, because, you know, you're only, you're only here on earth once. You're only, only young once. And I might only be in America once. So, you know, if I say no to something here, I might never have an opportunity to do whatever that thing is again. So it's yeah. very true. It's extremely true. That's uh, very similar to how this podcast was birthed. Mm. <laughs> it was an idea, me just sitting and I've been doing radio for a, a while now and I wanted to do something a bit more relaxed, but I wanted it to mean something. So podcasting was mm. Awesome. It was something to jump on, but I didn't have a platform for it. I didn't have a theme. I felt like I, I couldn't rush. It was something I couldn't rush into. 
Yes. But yeah. it was something I wanted to do. And then obviously, yes, fam chat existed. And then I was like, hey, I put a message in going, hey, what does what do people think of this idea of a podcast? And Jay was one of the very first people to be like, hey, I worked in radio too. Let's do mm. this. And then it's, great. Think- it's, it's, it's another way to get people involved and uh, not integrated is the wrong word. Uh, it's, it's another way for people to kind of get involved with other people's lives and how they live by you know, these different yes theory and seek discomfort. And yeah, it's, it's just another platform for people. And I think it's great. It's very true. Like we had, I don't know if you listened to our second episode, but we had a guest on who spoke about using yes theory to get over fears. Yes. And then last week we had someone who's using Yes Fairy to do a charitable skydive. So everyone's yeah. using it in their own way. And then obviously you're yeah. using it to do insane stuff like 4,000 <laughs> miles. <across America. laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. The, the, what Yes Fairy put out, it's, uh, it can be applied to any part of your life, literally anything at all. Um, and if you think it can't, then, you know, that's <laughs> it's, it's not true there, there is always a way that what they say and what they put out can influence your life you just need to look at it and go right how can i make a change whether it's with my mental health or with getting out and integrating with people how can i bring this saying yes and trying new things into that and pushing me out there um, yeah i think that was verbal diarrhea but <laughs> no, no very well said i think it's well said <laughs> so going back to your run yeah i saw in your faq section the, the there was a question i think it was a joke question it was things like are you insane are you crazy <laughs> yes are you mad yeah. or are you crazy well, I've been called a lot worse things. So, uh, yeah, mad and crazy is is one I can survive with. It's funny. the The website's incredible. If no one has seen it yet, yeah, it, it's really well designed and it really describes the journey well. There's even a map of the route you're taking. Yes. Let's talk about that map because okay. it has a very specific line running through the US. How accurate is that line? Are you following um, it step by step, or have you gone off path? Or the I have uh, the, there's a map on the website, kind of like a, a tracker version, and then there's a Google map uh, which has like the more detailed route, um, and I try and stick to that as much as possible. Uh, but I, I basically I have the the big points where I'm going to get to. So it was uh, the start line down to Portland to Niagara Falls to Chicago. Uh, they were the big points. And then I just kind of split it down into like weak chunks. Like, okay, right, where do I need to go to get closer to Chicago? And then I break it down again every morning and look on Google Maps and say, right, what's the safest, best route for today to get to that point in a week to get to Chicago? Has there, um, been, has there been times where your route has changed, where you've planned in the morning and then you're running, you're midway through your run, and then spontaneously you have to change your entire route. Has that happened at all? Yes, uh, a few times. Uh, there's been a few times when there's been roadworks and roads have been closed. Or uh, there was one where they were re-tarmacking uh, an entire junction. Wow. Uh, <laughs> literally, just, just like machines everywhere, smoking road. And I was like, uh, there's nowhere I can go. So, so just unexpected things. Yeah, you have to track back and you know, find an alternate route. But yeah. even on the, the, the very first day, um, I got the, got the coach up to the Canadian border, to the start line. And uh, my plan was to run down like the, one of the only roads coming out of the area. And as I went up on the bus, I found out that there was roadworks down the sides. There were logging trucks coming both ways. Uh, there was no room even for cars, let alone someone pushing a stroller. Uh, so I ended up having to change, <laughs> change the route on day one uh, and take an extra 12 miles on the first day just to get around all the roadworks. Um, so those extra well, miles, have you had times where you've had to literally deplete those miles and run backwards? Like run back on yourself just to yes. get back on track? 
yeah, they're really annoyingly, especially now I'm getting to uh, uh, to the farming areas where everything's in like the roads are in mile blocks. Uh, so if you get to the end, towards the end of one of these roads, and there's roadworks, you have to turn around and run a mile back, and then run a mile east, and then run a mile south, and then a mile west again just to get back to where you were. That sounds um, frustrating. It really is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's three miles extra running when that you could be doing very 26, Yeah. So when you're, when you're running, is it, are you using digital versions of maps or do you have a hand-drawn version? I, I've got a, like a US road atlas that I use for emergencies. Um, uh, okay. 99% of it is, is Google Maps. Oh, okay. Yeah, good to have your backup, though. Like, you need that sometimes. Oh, yes, yeah, because there's places you go through in the middle of nowhere where your cell service just drops out completely. Um, yeah, I can imagine. I mean, even on my street, I live pretty close to a city, and there's no cell service whatsoever. <laughs> it's not very helpful. <laughs> no, it's not. You need that in the 21st century. Yes, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I've got paper backups, yeah, if necessary. Yeah, the question I have for you, Eric, is do you have any inspirations? I was looking through your website and I see you do a lot of really interesting interviews with other athletes and other people who do great things. Yes. I'm wondering what you're inspired by, if there's anyone um, in particular. Um, there's, uh, there's a YouTuber called Roman Atwood that I know a lot of people probably know. Uh, and his whole philosophy about smiling and making people keeping help keep people upbeat and uh just smiling in their their day-to-day life um i find really inspiring uh when i was planning all of this there were many days where i'd finish work sit down and do two three hours of planning and then it gets to the point where i'm like you know what this is this is stupid you know why, why am i doing this and it would always be the same time that roman atwood would put his youtube videos up uh, so I'd watch that, and at the end of it, I'd just be so, like, rejuvenated, and it'd just cheer me up, and I'd be like, you know what, I'm going to do another hour of, re- of research and planning. You know, I can do this. Why can't I do this? Um, and yeah, something about that guy <laughs> just, just makes me smile. One, YouTuber, yeah, one YouTuber you might be into, you might already know him, um, Sean Juras. Who had he? His YouTube channel is based on the whole slogan "Best Day Ever." I'm yeah. not too sure if you've heard of this YouTuber, but he does very similar. He does very similar YouTube videos to Roman Atwood, so he does like the vlog style and does crazy yeah. things throughout the day. It's pretty. I'm awesome. have to, I might have to give him a search because I don't. The name kind of rings a bell, but I don't think I've seen anything. He's yeah. reasonably new. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I probably haven't seen anything then. <laughs> Yeah, well, sometimes this positive energy really does uh, pass on from one person to another through some sort of virtual osmosis. So, I mean, yeah, having I those that. people to look I, up I, to. I like that virtual osmosis. Yeah, virtual osmosis. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just even sometimes just seeing people happy and smiling can be enough to boost, give you that boost you need to either get through the day or get through what you're doing. It's, it's, it's crazy how, how much a smile can change what's going on around you yeah of course i'm sure it's not just virtual osmosis i'm sure it's the in-person osmosis too the wonderful people that you've met along the way that you were talking about just now exactly yeah there was uh, when i was going through uh, amish country uh, about a week ago um i was maybe an hour from the end of my day and this guy he's he calls me over from the side of the road he's like oh, come with me come with me and i'm like um uh okay <laughs> it's like wondering what's going on and uh, he was having uh, a big barbecue for his family and his customers. Uh, and he's like, whatever food you want, whatever drink and ice cream you want, take it. You know, it's <laughs> uh, and I was only an hour from finishing and going for a meal. But he was like, no, sit for as long as you want. It's a hot day. Uh, just having those people around me just smiling and being happy and saying, look, this is yours. Whatever you want is yours. Gave me that boost to just fly through the last last few miles that's incredible that's incredible insane so besides that guy is there anyone else specific who has completely made the journey worthwhile i think uh, there's a lot of people it's kind of hard to to pick and 
pick some of my favourites, uh, so to speak. Because everyone in their own little way has been absolutely amazing, whether they've taken me out to uh, you know, their favourite pizza place or, uh, like I was saying, Chicago is taking me to a ball game and tours of the city. Uh, there's a couple up in Maine who you know, got lobster for my birthday. Everyone I've met along the way has done something in some way where I won't, think, I won't ever forget them. That's awesome. So uh, let's talk about the finish line because obviously it's something that's so close to your sights now. Do you have any plans for when you finish? Do you have any future um, projects? <laughs> I don't actually know what I'm going to do at all. Um, once I finish, I don't know if I'm going to go back to living in Austria. I don't know whether I'm going to go back to the UK. I have no job. I've got no apartment. Uh, my parents are looking after my cats. Uh, so I literally have nothing to go back to at the moment, um, which is a little bit scary. That is scary, yeah. But uh, there, there, there's no point in getting scared and worried about it at the moment because I've still got another five months of running to get through. So yeah, exactly. Are, yeah, focus on the present for sure. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, if I'm if I'm worrying about that, I'm not going to enjoy what's going on right now. So we said we just said focus on the present, but on the day you actually finish, do you have like a plan what you're going to do on that day, on the finishing um, day? Not at the moment. I mean, I'd love to have like hundreds of people there and all of us go jump into the sea and have a huge party on the beach at the finish line uh but i don't really know that many people in san diego i i do <laughs> i'd come to that party awesome i mean it'd be i, I have really... friends that live in san diego so i'm sure there's many listeners and yes fam yeah well this is going to be uh, area. <laughs> like the first two weeks of december i'll get there mm-hmm. um so yeah, I'm going to be heading to LA as well, and I would love to meet with the Yes Theory guys. Oh, you yeah. should. That would yeah. be incredible. Uh, I, I mean, I'd love to challenge them to come and run the last marathon day with me. And then as... when we finish, go jump into the sea in, uh, in Venice Beach. As like, I hope they do. Because that'll do. officially be like a coast-to-coast. I'll still have a little bit more to go on the journey, but as a coast-to-coast, that's the finishing point. Um, so yeah, it'd be amazing if I can get those guys to come run or walk or be involved in the last last day. That'd be pretty incredible. Everybody who's listening, tweet at Yes Theory. This has to happen. Yes. We need a hashtag. Well, let's, let's make a hashtag real quick. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's fit. <laughs> It'll end up being the longest hashtag ever. The longest hashtag. Let Eric meet Yes Theory. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think I might. Uh, I was talking to a guy in the Yes Theory chat who does video ed- uh, video editing, um, and hopefully he's going to help me put a video together to kind of like, like they did with Will Smith, kind of like calling them out ah, to come yes. do the challenge. Uh, so when I get back on the road, I'm going to film a few bits and send them off to this guy, and hopefully he can put a nice video together. Awesome! Definitely make that happen. Yeah, and then when that happens, it's hopefully it's going to be a bit easier for everyone in the world to send that to Yes Theory. Spread it around. So any listeners, keep an eye on the Yes chat for that video. Yes. <laughs> yeah, oh, it will be there. <laughs> yeah, because um, no, that, that would be amazing. Really keep, you, keep your Decembers open as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just get all of the Yes Theory chat just <laughs> to fly into San Diego. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's going to happen. Um, so we don't have much time left, actually. Um, we're, approaching, no! yeah, we're approaching the hour mark. But before we go, I do want you to say the word orange. I've been um. waiting for that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was just going to start by going, orange. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, the, the real way is orange. You know what? Bef- I didn't get the guy last week to say it. I felt like that. I, I was... I, well, I'm so I was, disappointed. <laughs> I, was on, I was on my own last week. So... The show was super scripted. It was super edited. And the recording was done during the week. So I recorded the intro and the outro on the same day. But I recorded the actual interview about five days prior. (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) everything was a bit of a mess. And then obviously on your own, when you're interviewing someone on your own, you can't exactly go, mate, say orange. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you could. (laughs) (laughs) You could. It's just... it doesn't come across too well. So yeah, just just halfway through the interview, it's like all these serious questions. And then say orange for me. <laughs> so thanks, thanks for coming and say orange. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. <laughs> I know. I had to ask. 
No, I, I was there for the first draft for the first guest, but then we had technical difficulties and that didn't end up working out. <laughs> yeah, it, it works out eventually. It does. Okay, so we're nearing the end, but of course, what we do every single week, besides last week, because I forgot, this is why I have a co host. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, we need to mention orange. We need to mention it. We need to, <laughs> we need to set a challenge for the Yes Fam. And because Eric is our special guest, you have the honours of setting this week's challenge. Ooh, I think it should be something running related. Oh, that's or a good least, idea. Or at least moving related. Um, Can we keep it 3,000 miles and under, please? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I want you to do 2,999 miles in one day, please. Okay. <laughs> um, no, I think uh, there's so many opportunities to go out there and, uh, and run, uh, especially in Europe. They have something called Park Run. Uh, where every every Saturday they do uh, I think it's a 5k or a 10k run um, you don't have to do that much but just some point in the next week go out with your friends, go out alone put some music in and you can either walk, push yourself and walk more than you normally do or if you run 5k, push yourself a little bit, go out and try and do 6 or 7k, you know it doesn't have to be fast you don't have to kill yourself doing it, but just push yourself a little bit more than you normally do. Awesome. So that's this week's challenge. Guys, go yeah. ahead, go outside and run. You got it. Yeah, it's nice out, guys. Enjoy the summer. Yes, it's beautiful. It's too hot. <laughs> <laughs> it is too hot. It's like here, it's too hot. <laughs> <laughs> so that is sadly all we've got time for this week. Eric, you have been an amazing guest. Yeah, thank and you so much, Eric, for joining us. I know you're so busy on the road. It's so hard to catch a time. To- yeah, so well, you thank, wanna- thank, you, thank you for squeezing me in. No problem. Oh, so if you want to follow Eric's journey, you know where to go. It's www.c2c.run. And be sure to donate. And any sponsors who are listening, be sure to help this guy out. And hopefully all we'll awesome. see you in November. And thanks for listening to the podcast. And... We are now booking new guests. So anyone listening, if you want to come on the show, you know what to do. Okay, so thanks for listening and we will see you guys next week on the Discomfort Podcast. Thank you guys. We'll see you next week. See you later. (laughs) Wait a minute. Hear this. The Discomfort Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Discomfort Podcast. Be sure to come back next week for more exclusives and be sure to sign up to the Yes Fan Facebook page. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Seek discomfort.